You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. This morning we will be in Acts 22. Uh, I'm going to read verse 9. I'll be reading out of the NLT. Uh, the people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. Please join me in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, and first I just want to thank you for, for being with Zach, and that could have been a uh, very, it was tragic, but could have been a life-altering accident. It is a life-altering accident, but uh, thank you for keeping him alive for his wife and his children, and, and your work with him is not done. I ask you to be with them as they navigate this, these things, and you give them not only guidance, but strength and comfort and love and that they feel that, and that uh, you help them with the financial burden that is ahead of them. Jesus, thank you for this, this church body. Thank you for your spirit moving this morning. Uh, your spirit is in this room, and I ask this morning that I get out of the way and you speak. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you died for us, and that we don't just take that for granted, that we feel that and we breathe it and we live it, because we definitely don't deserve it. And I am so thankful that we don't get what we deserve because of your grace, that you cover us and you show us mercy, new mercy every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we will talk, be talking about light, word, and truth. If you will look back at Acts 21, so it kind of connects. Uh, last time uh, Tom covered Acts 21, uh, Paul has just been arrested. So we'll be looking at verses 37 through 40 and then working our way into chapter 22. Verses 37 through 40. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, May I have a word with you? Do you know Greek? The commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of assassins out into the desert? No, Paul replied, I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Cilicia, which is an important city. Please let me talk to these people. The commander agreed, so Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd, and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. Now, I remember right in the middle of this, if you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the Bible app. Everything's in there. Sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, Verses 37 through 39, Paul had been arrested, and he was thought to be a terrorist. Um, When... He asked about the language that came as a surprise to this commander. And then as you're reading this in verse 37, you know, he, he's asking these things and then he's being arrested, being drug off. And it's almost like, excuse me, sir, I need to talk to you. I mean, I would think that most of us would be screaming or, you know, help and get me out of here. He's like, hey, I, I need a word with you. Um, I thought that was, and I'm sure it was a little more intense and a little more emotional than that. But I thought that was very interesting that he's literally being taken off and he's asking, like, no, 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 I got things to say. Uh, and then as we get into the uh, end of chapter 22, he, he also lets them know right here that he's a Roman citizen and that changes his standing with his commander. So being one of them, they went, whoop, another, other laws apply to him. We got to handle this differently. Now, what I also love right here is his life is in danger. And what did he want to do right here? He wanted to preach the gospel. 
possible death is coming, his back's against the wall, and he wants to preach. Now, as we get into Acts 22 right here, this is the first time that we see in Scripture that Paul recounts his, his testimony. We have seen in, Luke, in, in, in Acts 9, Luke tells the story for the first time. Here, as we read in Acts 22, he's going to share his testimony, but he's specific in what he's doing. It's not, the, it's not just the gospel. He's, he knows who he's talking to. So in this chapter, we're going to see that he's trying to persuade the Jews. Fast forward a few weeks, when we get to Acts 26, he's trying to persuade the Gentiles. Philippians 3, he, he shares it again, and it's about theological understanding. And then 1 Timothy 1, it's about encouragement. So here he is talking to the Jewish people in this. So if you will look at Acts 22, 1 through 23. Now I will say this, bear with me. We're going to read through this together, um, and then we will divulge some more. Verse 1, brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. Now, I remember Justin covered Gamaliel in this process uh, months ago. So here we see Gamaliel again. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light but didn't understand the voices speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you are to do. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. In that very moment, I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, hurry. Leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But, Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. I stood by and kept the coats they took off when they stoned him. But the Lord said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until Paul said that word. Then they all began to shout, away with such a fellow, he isn't fit to live. They yelled, threw off their coats, and tossed hands, handfuls of dust into the air. 
so a lot right there. But as Paul recounts that, you know, I love how he hits certain aspects of this. Verses 17 and 18, we see that Paul's Christian life, it was founded on God's truth, not the spiritual experiences. I'm going to say that again. His life was founded on God's truth, not his spiritual experiences. A bright light, he hears the voice of God. But as we see Paul, every time he speaks, he doesn't go to that. He goes to God's truth. Emotional highs come and go, right? And many of us in this room have probably had some kind of emotional high where God really just slapped us in the face pretty good. It was like, this, it was like a bright light. Okay, there it is. But if we keep drawing on that and not his truth, it's hard to grow. Verse 19, Paul thought he was better suited to preach to the Jews, the people like him. So we asked God, I'm already here, like these are my people. I'm the one who put them in, you know, put these people, like I'm with them. I can share with them because I know how they think, how they act. And he said, no, no. Verse 21, he sends them to the Gentiles instead. He sends them to the people that he persecuted. And so I like how Paul, he somewhat argues, like, no, I, I can do this. And God goes, no, they're not going to learn it from you. You're going to go to the Gentiles and share. And what's he do? He gets up and goes. But I want to go back to verse 8 and 9. Let's talk about light for a little bit. Verse 8, who are you, Lord, I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. Verse 9, the people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. Now, I want to I emphasize this a lot. The, the light, everybody saw the light, but the voice of Jesus, it was meant for Paul only. Okay, so as we discuss some things today and some thoughts and where the Spirit led me, I want to make sure we're clear that the voice was only meant for Paul. The others with him were not meant to hear what was said. It was only for Paul. But as I started praying and reading and, and looking, you know, just like light, it just kept coming back. And, and Coach is the one, Dad's the one who, you know, kind of pointed this out, like, you know, as, as Tom calls it, a hook. Um, you know, so I was like, okay. So I just kind of kept reading in on that and praying and going to talk with Justin. And Justin was real quick, hey, it's for Paul. I was like, I know, I know, I know that it's for Paul. But as I was led, it's like, what is it about light? If you get on the Bible app and you, and you type and you just put Jesus as light in the search, you know, Jesus as light in Scripture comes up right there just six plus times. I don't know the actual number, but right there when you search, Six plus times. So it led me to these. John eight twelve. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Ephesians 5, 8 through 9. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So it's obvious that Jesus is light. 
who is Jesus. It brought me to John 1, which is probably one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. Word. John 1 through 1, 1, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the word already existed. In the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And it made me think about the burning bush when God said, I am. And then Jesus is the I am. He is the source of life. He is the light. He is the word. Psalms 119.37. I mean, as I already referenced Psalms 119.1. Once. As I read through this, you could almost just do a whole, a whole sermon on light and word just in that long, long chapter. 119.37. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. 119.66-68. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Amen to that. You are good and you do only good. Teach me your decrees. So if he's light, if he's word, then he's truth. He is truth. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And quite honestly, I could probably stop right there and be done. There's the gospel. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. No matter what our society or culture tells us and all that mess, he's the only way. That's it. And he doesn't, and I, I'm, I'm be careful here. <laughs> you know what, I'm going to go a little bit. Okay, we're going to go. And I may get, I'll, I think about Garth every time I get too close to that, step off. But I get so irritated with some things in our society where, um, where people think because we disagree, we hate. You know, like uh, I've seen stickers on water bottles and straight against hate. And I'm like, just because I disagree doesn't mean I hate you. Like, but am I exuding love? Okay? And some people... I, you can do it the most diplomatic, Jesus-loving way, and they're still going to hate you because you don't agree and accept the sin. I mean, that's just always going to happen. But are we actually, are we loving people like we're called to do? Are we loving people? And it's hard to love people. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it is hard. I don't like people naturally, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't like being in crowds. I don't, you know, like... I just I don't like it, okay? And, and truth be told, I don't like kids, and I teach them and coach them. And I've struggled with that, you know? But my purpose, I don't, 
Some parents said amen, okay? But my purpose is bigger than what I want to do, you know? So I have to remind myself of that daily. Daily, especially where I teach and the kids that I coach. I love them, but I don't like them. But I want to go back. He's the way, the light, the word, the truth. Jesus has established these things. So let's look at verse 9 again. The people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. Again, I'm going to emphasize the voice was only for Paul. But don't we do the same thing? Don't we see the light? Don't we know the truth? Because he's the light, he's the word, he's the truth. How do we hear the light? I don't know what the term for that is, a play on words or whatever, but how do we hear the light? Because Jesus is the light. He's the truth. We know what we're supposed to do, but we don't follow that path. And I'm going to somewhat, maybe step on somebody's toes, but we accept things in this world. And we think, oh, I'm loving them. No, you're accepting that behavior. You're accepting that sin. We can't accept it because it's not truth. But we can love them. And I'm confident no matter who walks in these doors that we're a church that will love people. And there's a lot of us in here that haven't felt love until we walked in these doors. And I'm confident of that. Now, I'm also confident that our, our leadership will take care of us too. But how do we hear the light? We see the light, but are we, are we listening? Again, these people weren't meant to hear it was meant for just Paul. But how do we hear the light? Because we can read scripture like, like Dylan. If you listen to Dylan and, and Justin's uh, podcast and watched it. Um, and I do want to point out, I watched it and I, I saw something in Dylan that I've been seeing over the last few years. Um, and I've seen it. I've mentioned this about my dad. When, when you were asked a question, you thought, you processed and that's, that's maturity, that's, that's spiritual maturity, letting the spirit move and answer that. But as Dylan said, like, it's a ritual. You can read your Bible and not gain a daggum thing out of it. Well, it's going in my ear. Yeah, but you're not paying attention. You don't know what you're reading because you're your mind's somewhere else. It can become a ritual. But we still got to read it. That's the only way to learn it. Okay, so how do we dial in and focus how do we step back and separate? Okay, okay, okay God, like I'm, I'm struggling focusing here. Okay, and sometimes it's simple. We've had it's just closing it and putting it down. Okay, I'm not in the right mindset, God. I want to come back to you and I want to talk to you, but I'm not in the right mindset. I'm not going to gain anything. I fought a long time with, oh, that's not how you, mm -mm. you're turning away from God. You're, you're not talking to him. And, no, you're, you're doing the mature thing going, you know what, my mind's not right for this. And it's my fault, but Lord, I'm coming back to you. I need your help today. It's as simple as that. Jesus is the light. He is the word. Then we must follow the truth. We must follow him. We must follow his truth. Not our truth. Our truth is a sack of baloney. You know, and I, I fell into that trap years ago. Well, oh, my truth makes me, pfft. 
Forget that. Feelings, if you're like me, I'm, I'm all over the place all the time, and I'm an emotional roller coaster all the time. And somebody sent me a meme the other day, and I don't like SpongeBob SquarePants at all. I think it's stupid. But the background of it, it was like, and, and I've mentioned, like, I'm a, I like Enneagram stuff and studying that and looking into personality. Like I'm a six. So, like, I'm a loyalist to a fault, but, like, I naturally worry. And I know it's a sin, and I'm trying, but it's hard. But the background, it was like, you know, me every day that I wake up, and it was like this thing of SpongeBob, like, just scattered everywhere in the background. And I was like, yeah, it's me every day that I wake up. But I naturally worry. But why? Because I don't trust the truth. I don't trust his truth. And I guarantee there's somebody in here that's probably the same way. You see him doing it for somebody else. Okay, God, thanks for doing that, but I still don't think you're going to do it for me. Even though you continue to prove how faithful and loving you are to me and my kids and my family, but it's just I'm not good enough. I don't do enough. I said this, I did that. Mm. I know you're giving me grace, but it still doesn't cover me enough to get up here and speak in front of you. But if I would just take a deep breath, which is really hard to do, and just tell him, all right, God, I don't trust you right now. But I want to, and I know that I need to, and I know what your truth says, so fill me with it. Because I'm believing the lies of the evil one. I'm believing the lies of myself. Sometimes it's not even the evil one, it's me. Paul saw the light, and he also followed the truth. He didn't reach on his spiritual experiences. He followed God's truth. That was the foundation. That's the only way he was able to do what he did. He was a very educated man, a very knowledgeable man, but he was beaten to a pulp and I love the thorn in the side. I mean, Paul's like the ultimate example of who we, you know, besides Jesus, you know, like how to do it because he didn't have it all together. He was beaten, all for God's sake. And I don't know, I'd like to sit here and think, yeah, I could do that. I don't know. And I hope I don't have to find out, to be honest with you. But Paul's foundation was Jesus. That's the only way to make it through this life, is the foundation of Jesus. Because there's a lot of people in this room where things in your family or your kids or whatever, it ain't good. And it hasn't been good or it's hard. It's tough. We've had accidents. We've had cancer. All those things. But what's the end? It's life with him. Why is that so hard to grasp onto in times of struggle? I'm asking because I, 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 <laughs> it's hard. But I look at Paul again and he went where God told him to go. Are we doing that? Are we doing what God has told us to do? Are we following his truth? Or are we manipulating our mind like Paul kind of tried to do? Hey, I, could, I can really reach these people. He goes, no, that's not your job. Yeah, but I'd be good at it. That's not your job. I forgot how Dylan's put it a certain way, but we, we uh, spell casting. We try to pray in a way. That's a whole deeper another conversation, but we can even manipulate our prayers to make it be what we want it to be. 
How do you, you know, the saying let go and let God, I almost don't like that saying. It's true, but I don't like it because how? I don't know how. I don't think anybody can describe to you how to do it. It's true, the true statement that you have to do it and you have to figure it out on your own. I also love right here where Paul, his back was against the wall and he wanted to preach the gospel. He was backed up, he's being arrested, he's been beaten countless times throughout his ministry and all he wants to do is preach the gospel because he knows what his mission is because his foundation is in Jesus. Jesus is light, he is the word, he is the truth. And those of us that are following the truth, we know we're following, we're on the right path. Are we specific and intentional in what we're doing? Like I mentioned earlier, when, when four times when, when Paul recounts his testimony, he recounted, but it's to a specific people, and he was very intentional on how he did it and who he did it to. As we wrap up, worship team, will you please join me up here? But I want to look back at John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Acts twenty-two sixteen. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. So that's my question this morning. Whether you know Jesus or don't, what are you waiting on? Will you adhere to the calling of your life? Will you do like 22, 16 says, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, have your sins washed away. Just call on the name of the Lord. That's it. Call on the name of the Lord. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And for us that, that have already accepted that and have made that known, how do we get to the Father still in prayer? We go through the Son. It is through Jesus that we can approach the Father when we're not worthy. Because we'll never be worthy enough, ever. So accept that and go to Him anyways. Go, Come as you are. Please come as you are. We've said this so many times. This place, this building, this room is full of, of people who didn't have it together. The, of, of parents that have watched their kids' lives fall apart of adults who have been drug addicts, alcoholics, addicted to something like not getting our kids where they're supposed, you know, to church, not doing the right thing, not living God's truth. It's a place full of people who don't have it together. But because of Jesus, the foundation, his truth, it's a place that knows how to love and will be there with you and walk with you through that. If you feel alone, if you feel lonely, anxious as I'll get out like I've been all week, this is the place to be. You were meant to be here for a reason right now. Not just because we're members here, but right now, this morning, your schedule was cleared out to be here for a purpose. And I have to remind myself that no matter what I do or say or think, that I cannot get in the way of God. My eye will not get in his way. And thank God for that. Jesus, please stay in this room this morning. Spirit, thank you.
And I will just simply say, Jesus. We call on your name, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.